The text for this morning's service is from Mark 6, verses 53 through 56. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. After the sermon, we will sing from him, 61, the stanzas 1, 3, 5, and 6. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, words are cheap. Every day we hear all kinds of chatter going on around us. People make promises and they tell you all kinds of things. And we know that most of what is being said we have to take with a grain of salt. Whatever you hear may have a ring of truth to it, but it doesn't necessarily give you a complete or true picture. People say all kinds of things for various reasons. We don't know what or whom to believe. That's a problem for all of us. And that was also a problem for the Lord Jesus. When the Lord Jesus started his ministry, he preached. As we know, he preached the absolute truth. But the vast majority of the people did not believe his message. That was certainly the case in Jesus' hometown. He grew up there. He was well known there. The people knew who his father and mother were and who his brothers and sisters were. They knew the family. And so they looked upon Jesus as an ordinary human being. However, the Lord Jesus had a very important message to impart. He was only going to be on this earth for a little while, and he had something very important to do. He came in order to save the world. There has never been a more important mission than that mission of the Lord Jesus. And therefore, the Lord Jesus had to tell everyone about this. He had to break through the thick skulls of the people in order to make them believe in his mission. For it is only through faith that they can also be part of that saving work. And so what does the Lord Jesus do in order to get their attention? How does he try to wake up the people to make them believe in that great mission of his? Well, he had to accentuate his words with actions. They had to see from his actions that the words he was speaking were the absolute truth. And that he spoke these words not for his own honor and glory or to gain anything by it for himself, but that he spoke these words for the benefit of the people alone. There were no ulterior motives. He was not interested in elevating himself or making a name for himself. He was not interested in material gain. 
He was not interested in anything that anybody had to offer him. His interest was only in serving other people. And that is the message that he wanted to get across. As the Lord Jesus himself says in Mark 10, verse 44, he came to serve and not to be served and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so what was that basic message then that the Lord Jesus wanted to get across? Well, he wanted to get across that the world in the present state belongs to Satan and that he came to defeat Satan. He wanted to get across that sin and the resultant misery was only temporary. He wanted to get across that God's kingdom is at hand. He wants everyone to know that sin and misery does not belong to that kingdom. And he tells them these things in many different ways through straight talk and through parables. But that's not enough. People had to be convinced. And so in order to accentuate that message, he also performed many miracles. He shows that he is in control of all things. He shows that he is in control of the world and even in control of Satan. He shows that he has the power and the ability and the willingness to restore the earth, including all those who believe in him. And it is for that reason that he performs his many miracles. The words that he speaks have to be convincing, and so do the miracles that he performs, else they won't believe. The Lord Jesus used the fact that, they, that there were many people with various ailments to his advantage. People wanted to be saved from their illnesses and their diseases. They needed healing. And many of them were desperate, and they would go to anyone who would offer them some hope. And now that gives the Lord Jesus the opportunity to show that complete healing is through him alone. If they come to him and believe in him, they can be saved not only from their present illnesses, but from all their sin. The Lord Jesus is the complete healer. And that is the message that he wants the world and thus also us to hear as well. So the theme for this morning's worship service is complete healing is through Christ alone. We will see three things. First of all, the unique, the uniqueness of Christ's healing power. Secondly, the requirement for Christ's healing power. And then finally, the significance of Christ's healing power. First, and the uniqueness. When you are very ill and full of pain all the time, then you will desperately look for relief, for a cure. Life is unbearable when you're in pain all the time. It affects not only your body, but also your mind. Body and soul are closely connected. When you suffer physically, you suffer mentally. The other way around is true as well. When you are depressed and suffering from mental illness, then your body is affected as well. The depressed person usually has many physical ailments. During Jesus' time, there were also many people who suffered from many physical and mental illnesses. Although there were doctors in those days who were able to do remarkable things, and who also had certain drugs available to them that could relieve some of the suffering, nevertheless, there were no hospitals as we now know them, 
and the medical care left much to be desired. More often than not, there were no cures for what ails you. You can imagine that desperately ill people would go to great lengths to find healing. Many of them would go to anyone who might be able to help. There were a lot of pagan practices and superstitions among the Jews. Some people sold their soul to the devil by going to magicians and to soothsayers and to people who claimed to have contact with the world of the spirits. And consequently, some people became demon-possessed. It is in such a world that the Lord Jesus performed his miracles. And in so doing, he became a very popular man, you can imagine. And he was well known wherever he went. That is because he had performed some remarkable miracles. In the passages prior to our text, we read about some of them. For example, the woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. In order to be healed, all she had to do is to touch his cloak. And the moment she did, she was healed immediately, Mark says. And the Lord Jesus tells her that because of her faith, she was healed. Those who were ill did not even have to be in his presence in order to be healed. He could heal others from a distance. His power was that great. Not only did he heal the people, but he also raised them from the dead, as he did with the little daughter of Jairus. And so it is understandable that wherever he went, crowds followed him. His reputation reached far and wide. Even King Herod had heard of him. The whole country was talking about that great healer, that miracle worker, Jesus of Nazareth. But there were some others who did some of the same things. And yet, what you see with the Lord Jesus was totally unique. He was not like any of the other healers at all. He stood out. He was exceptional. And that is clear for many things. First of all, from the extent of his healings. Whoever came to him for a healing could be certain that he would also be healed. His success rate was 100%. People who had been blind for life, he gave sight to. Also, people who had been deaf and mute. And those who had been lame from birth as well. He even healed lepers. No one in the whole world could do any of those things. No doctor or magician or faith healer could emulate that. And so you can well imagine what an impact the Lord Jesus made on the people. And you can also well imagine the joy of the people who had been healed. Just think about how that would affect you and your family. You are one of them, one of your family members is chronically ill. And the doctors have told you that there is no cure. You're going to die soon. Let's say somebody whose body is full of cancer, and that person only has a few days to live. And then suddenly somebody comes along and heals him. The cancer is gone. Or suppose somebody is born with a certain syndrome, Down syndrome, for example, or Prader-Willi syndrome. Someone comes along and suddenly all the effects of that birth defect have been removed. He or she is a person just like everybody else. What a rejoicing there would be, not only by the persons themselves who were healed, but also by their family and friends. Well, 
That's also the impact that it had on the people of that day. There was great rejoicing in the land. The Lord Jesus made a great impression upon all the people. And the uniqueness of his healing can also be seen from the fact that it happened immediately. The moment he spoke the words was the moment that the person would also be healed. There was no waiting time. And furthermore, the manner in which he did also showed his uniqueness. He did not come with some magic words as the magicians did who had some formula which they would recite. These people also had very elaborate rituals. The Lord Jesus didn't do any of these things. And he didn't use any medicines either. All he did was speak, and the healing would take place. But they had to believe in him. As we could read from Mark 6, verse 5 and 6, he could not heal where there was no faith. We read in the text that the Lord Jesus comes to Gennesaret. Gennesaret is one of the most beautiful areas of Israel. It's a very fruitful area right on the lake. It was like an oasis. Everything could grow there. And so you could also grow all kinds of fruit there. It was a beautiful area. And as soon as the Lord Jesus set foot on the shore, the people recognized him right away. He was like a modern movie star, very popular. People knew who he was. As soon as they saw him, they called out, There is that Jesus of Nazareth here. And so what do they do? They hurried about and they called out to everybody within that region that Jesus is among them. And everyone goes and they get their sick, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and the deaf, and the mute, and those with all kinds of illnesses, and they drag them to to where Jesus could be found. A great crowd gathers around him, and they beg him, may we please touch your clothing? And then the Lord Jesus allows them to do that. As soon as they touched even a part of his clothing right away, they are filled with his healing power. There was instant healing. Wherever the Lord Jesus went in that region of Gennesaret, there was great rejoicing. Even the dead are raised. Can you imagine the joyful questions that would have been asked and the comments that would have been made by friends and relatives when those who were seriously ill, returned home. You were so sick, and now you're all better? Yes, Jesus was here. And look at you, you were lame all your life, and now you're walking around. Isn't that amazing? Yes, that's what Jesus did. And you were blind, and now you can see again. And you were deaf, and you can hear me. Yes, isn't it wonderful? Jesus did that. Note well, however, that not everyone was healed. Only those who came to him were. Those who did not come were not healed. For there are two requirements for healing. Come to the second point. In the first place, you have to recognize him. You have to know him. And in the second place, you have to go to him. If you do not know the Lord Jesus, then you won't know what he is capable of either. That's also the way it is with God himself. Think about Pharaoh, for example. He did not know the Lord. 
That's also what he admitted to Moses and Aaron when they came to Pharaoh and said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. And then Pharaoh responded, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Exodus 5, verse 1 and 2. Well, he got to know who the Lord is pretty quick, didn't he? And also what he was capable of. For it is then that the Lord God performed all his miracles and set the plagues upon Egypt. Yet in spite of those miracles that God did in the midst of the Egyptians, Pharaoh, Pharaoh and his people did not believe. Many of them perished. The whole army of Egypt drowned in the Red Sea. The people of Gennesaret, however, knew what the Lord Jesus was capable of. They had seen his miracles, and many of them believed in his healing power. And the wonderful thing is that many of them also acted in accordance with that faith. For what did the people of Gennesaret know about the Lord Jesus? Well, they knew about him that if you went to him with an illness and asked him for a healing, that then he would do exactly that. They put their faith in his ability to do that because they had seen that he was able. He never failed. However, that was the extent of their knowledge about him. For that's all that they wanted. As far as they were concerned, that's all that they needed to know about him. And indeed, that was enough, at least for now. But faith needs to be put into action. Faith without works is not faith. They also had to physically go to the Lord Jesus. If you stayed home, you would miss out. You had to make some effort. Why? Why couldn't the Lord Jesus just say the word and say that all the people in all of Gennesaret and area would be healed from their illnesses? Why didn't the Lord Jesus do that with regard to all sin and the effects of all sin all over the world? Why didn't he just at that time put the end to the work of the devil and all the misery associated with it? He could have done it. Well, brothers and sisters, he didn't do that because it is only through faith, through an act of faith that you can receive healing. It is only through faith that you can be saved. And that is why the Lord Jesus comes to you. But you also have to go to him. And he makes it easy. He tells you and he shows you in numerous ways that he loves you. That you do not have to be afraid of him. On the contrary, he is full of love and compassion. And that is what the people of Gennesaret and everywhere had to learn. The Lord Jesus had to teach everyone to have faith in him. Because it is only through faith that you can be saved. They have to learn to put their faith into action as well. At this point, these people did not understand the full significance of the Lord Jesus. They didn't need to yet. Even the disciples at this time did not yet understand. They did not know that the Lord Jesus came in order to take away all the sin in the world and also the effects of sin, which includes all illnesses and the whole curse that hangs over all of creation. 
But by putting their faith in in him now, they would learn to have faith in him later on as well. It would make them understand later his resurrection. It would make them understand where he came from and where he had to return to, namely to his father in heaven. They would learn then what it was all about. Brothers and sisters, there were requirements in those days, but there are requirements today as well. You and I, we know exactly what the Lord Jesus stands for, don't we? We live after the resurrection, and we live after the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, of all people, know what he stands for, don't we, and what he is capable of. We know that he came to save us and to heal us. Oh, sure, the kinds of miracles that we saw during the days of the Lord Jesus are not in evidence anymore. And it is obvious why not. At that time, the message of the good news had to spread quickly. Jesus was on earth only for a short time. But now we have the complete word of God. And we can see his miracles all around us in nature, in the way that he deals with us by providing for us with everything necessary for body and soul. We know it. We know that it is because of the Lord Jesus that we have these things. But let me ask you, do you also act in accordance with the knowledge of that, in accordance with that knowledge? Let me ask you, where do you go when you are ill? Is your first inclination to put your trust in the doctors or in the medicine? Where do you go when you are depressed? To a counselor? Or do you go into hiding, hoping for a better day? Do you know the Lord Jesus and what he is capable of? Do you go to him in the first place? He can heal you. Oh, sure, that does not mean that whenever you pray to the Lord Jesus, you will be healed from your physical illnesses or your mental afflictions. The Apostle Paul also had a thorn in his flesh, and the Lord God decided that he would not heal him from that affliction. And it was certainly not because of lack of faith that Paul was not healed. No, Paul's faith was strong and good. But where do you think that Paul put his trust first? Well, you know, he put his trust in the Lord God. He knew, as he also says in his letter to the Philippians, that God will help him no matter what circumstances he finds himself in. For the Lord Jesus is the great healer. And that knowledge, in the midst of afflictions, gave him peace of mind. You may say, what then is the significance of those miracles that the Lord Jesus performed? These people who were healed during Jesus' day received only temporary relief from their illnesses. As they got older, they would once again experience the weakness of the flesh. And all those people who had been healed by the Lord Jesus, they still would die, just like everyone else. Well, as I said, the Lord Jesus wanted to impress upon the people that the words that he spoke were not just empty words, but that they were words of truth. He told them about the coming of the kingdom. And in that kingdom, there are no diseases or illnesses or misery or pain or mental afflictions. The miracles that he performed pointed to that kingdom. 
You see, the Lord God wants us to have an eternal perspective. If you call upon the Lord Jesus for healing from physical or mental illnesses only, then you call upon him in vain. If you look to the Lord Jesus for earthly well-being and peace, then you call upon him in vain as well. For you see, there is much more to the healing powers of the Lord Jesus. We know the significance of his coming, don't we? He did not just come to give you temporary relief from whatever afflicts you. No, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, it goes much deeper than that. The people of Gennesaret also had to understand to look beyond their present misery. They had to look at the cause of their misery, that is sin. The Lord Jesus came in order to deal with sin. It is because of sin that there is so much pain and suffering and misery here on this earth. And the Lord Jesus came in order to deal with that. Because that is the root of it all. And that's what happened on Golgotha. And that is why whenever the Lord Jesus performs miracles, he often would first state to the person that his or her sins are forgiven. That is much more important than those minor miracles that he would perform on them. The great miracle was that doing away with sin was the doing away with sin and the effects of sin forever. And that applies for us today as well. Here on earth, we will continue to experience the weakness of our flesh and our minds. And so we have our burdens, don't we? But we are able to bear our burdens because we know that we have been freed from sin. We know that those illnesses are not there because God wants to punish us, but to bring us close to him and to make us go to him for complete healing. And that is why when we experience the weakness of our bodies and our minds, that we have to go to the Lord Jesus. And you have to put your trust in Him. For if you put your trust in Him, you will also share in His resurrection. When the people of Gennesaret came to the Lord Jesus, they were looking for a quick cure. They wanted immediate relief from their affliction. That's all that they were looking for at this point. Nevertheless, there was great rejoicing in the land. But when we go to the Lord Jesus, then we are not just looking for a quick, temporary cure, but then we are looking for a permanent cure. And we know that the Lord Jesus will deliver. He will be successful 100% because the words that he speaks are the words of truth. The words that he speaks are not cheap. No, those words cost him a great deal. It cost him his life. For it is only through his death that he could be that great healer. But in order to be healed, you have to go to him. You have to put your trust in him. You have to go to him every day and expect every good thing from him. He will give you the forgiveness of sins. Just ask. He will help you during difficult times in your life. And he will help you persevere during times of adversity and prosperity. When the Lord Jesus came into the district of Gennesaret, there was great rejoicing in the land. They were glad that he came, for they knew what he was capable of. 
And so there ought to be all the more rejoicing with us. For the Lord Jesus has also come into our district. He's here. Rejoice. Believe in him and you will be saved from all your sins and the effects of sins forever and ever. Amen.